All right, hey everybody, it's time for another Tale of the Tape episode, and these are, uh, as I said in the intro, kind of an occasional uh, type episode in it, where I talk about uh, stuff I can barely remember, uh, like movies I, I've probably seen uh, hundreds of times, and I try to remember them, and, and I didn't get it like, like uh, so tonight we'll be talking about Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and I haven't looked anything up, as tempted as I was, just like with Back to the Future... I didn't look anything up about Pee-wee's Big Adventure, so I don't know what year it came out. I would guess, uh, oh boy, I really have no idea, 84? But it could be 88. I, I don't really know what year. It was still, stars the great Paul Rubens. And I know, like, again, another one of uh, people probably we owe a large portion of the podcast to because he also had Pee-wee's Playhouse. And I think there was also like a HBO more adult Pee Wee's Playhouse, and then there was a kids Pee Wee's Playhouse, and then there was a Pee Wee movie. I don't know the order of any of those. And then I know like more recently in the last ten years, uh, there was a big like I think in L.A. and maybe even on Broadway, uh, Paul Mr. Rubens I, like had done like some revival stuff of Pee Wee. I'm pretty sure uh, one of the great uh, podcast personalities, Paul Rust, like uh, was writing a Pee Wee movie, and I think I think they came out. I don't know. Like I'm blanking on other Pee Wee stuff, just like with Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and uh, like uh, another great like uh, Paul Rust is a really really fu- funny person, uh, talent, super talented. And so I thought I told, and this is a, like a, like a fairly highly requested, uh, movie. And, and, and again, to just show how quickly I can get to requests, I think this was requested like a year ago by a few different people. And like, I guess I'm trying to buy time to let the VCR in my brain start up. Uh, but like, I, so I don't really remember the first time I saw this movie, but I was already familiar with Pee Wee. I think. So maybe the Pee Wee's Playhouse would had already been on TV. And I think this was heavily marketed because it, like, I can remember, like, some of the gags in the movie that are, or maybe they just became memes. Uh, you know, like, I'm trying to use the phone and, uh, Pee Wee dancing to tequila. Like, I don't know if those were played on, uh, endless loops or they just became memes, like, where they were repeated in my brain in, on the playgrounds of the world. And I'm not sure, I guess I, even as a kid, I, like I got it more on a non-intellectual level, like who was Pee Wee Herman? He was a man-child. And I think like, especially to a kid, that is a perfectly acceptable way to adults. Uh, and he was kind of a mature man-child in some sense, because uh, he, 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 he was like very clean and like, uh, like it seemed like he was in good shape and could take care of himself. It seemed to have some kind of income, as opposed to like you know slob, you know some somebody that's a slob and they live with their parents or whatever. Like a comedic, where it's played for like a comedic thing. Pee Wee was just like accepted. Like uh, I think I don't know if Pee Wee had a job. I'm trying to like we'll, we'll find out if I can remember any of that. But this movie was really based on Pee-wee and Pee-wee's bike. Uh, oh, boy, I don't know if the bike had a name. But so the movie opens, I think, in the morning. Oh, let me talk about one other thing before I start talking about the movie, which is the music, uh, which I think is impossible to separate from the movie, at least in my mind. And the music is playing right now. 
And I don't know who did it, but but it was a brilliant, not just soundtrack. I'm talking about the score combined with the soundtrack of this uh, music that had carnival elements and kind of um, like manic type elements combined with like a little bit of dissonance. Uh, but again, like enough that there was a running, these running musical themes uh, that really just create, like they were essential layer, at least of the movie. And I think of why it's endured in my mind and so many other people's minds for so long. I mean, I would dare say, it, the, like, like other than Paul Rubin's performance, uh, the music might have been like number two. And, and at least in my memory, it, it is number two. So as far as I remember, uh, the movie opens at Pee-wee's house and Pee-wee's sleeping. And I'm surprised, or maybe a theme park did open up a Pee-wee's house, but like, uh, Pee-wee's house was like a child's dream. Everything was automated. Like it, like it gave this hint of, uh, like, uh, what are those things called? Uh, infernal machines. I don't know. I don't know if that's the right term. Like, uh, like the video game mousetrap. I think that there's another word for it. I don't think it'll come to me, you know, but where the bowling ball rolls and then the mouse rolls up the string. And so all of Pee-wee's breakfast, I think even getting dressed and getting his clothes was all automated, but in a, like an analog automation or mechanical automation, which was visually fun and Pee-wee, like, uh, one of the big things that's important to me in making things, uh, but I don't necessarily experience as much, but Pee-wee did, it was in help with the audiences. Pee-wee was delighted by things. And so even though this was his morning routine, he was delighted as, I don't know, his bed rolled up and made itself. I can't remember. I think there was toast and eggs involved. And that this perfect breakfast arrived at the table. Unlike the TV show, I don't think there was any sentient um, objects in the in the Pee-wee's big big adventure took place on a normal Earth. I think all normal Earth rules applied in the movie. Uh, where on Pee-wee's Playhouse, there was a little bit more of a, like a children's TV element, where like Cherry, pull yourself up a chair. Let the fun begin. It's time to let down your hair. Something, something, something else. Pee-wee's Playhouse. Like, that was the theme song to the TV show. Which So this was this took place in the same Earth we live in, which was good because, it's, I mean, maybe a heightened version of it. But I don't think it was that heightened because, like, they showed how everything that Pee-wee's, like, how Pee-wee designed his home was a mystery to us. But it made perfect sense. Uh, and, of course, there was a great, I mean, for me at least, there was a great degree of jealousy and envy that Pee-wee lived in his his home uh, that was so cool. And the, I think Pee-wee probably had pajamas. I'm kind of picturing some regular-looking, like, uh, pajamas. But then Pee-wee got into the signature suit with, the uh, like, a gray... I don't know, is that gabardine? I don't think it is, but I don't know what the heck, anything. Like a light gray suit with a red bow tie and his signature haircut, which I don't know what you call that either, but like kind of like a buzz, like with a little stuff up in the front, uh, close cut with a spiky front. 
And again, this idea, at least in my mind, of like that things delight PUE. And I guess is a lesson I didn't take. Like PUE really does exist in the moment. Uh, and then Pee-wee's getting ready for the day. Then, uh, as far as I remember, Pee-wee went to unlock Pee-wee's bike, which, of course, I, if the bike has a name, I don't remember it. And this was Pee-wee's pride and joy, the bike. And it was, uh, like, uh, very protected by security. I don't really remember anything other than Pee-wee punching code uh, to get Pee-wee's bike out. And it was a beautiful, beautiful bike. Uh, it would be, even at the time of the movie, considered a retro bike. Uh, a lot of chrome. Looked like a very heavy bike. Nowadays, a bike like that would have an electrical drivetrain or something to help move it with its weight. Almost like a hot rod car, like with cool rocket lights and red elements, a little bit of chrome and some white elements. So just like a 1950s car and shiny and uh, immaculate, I would say. Also, I'm kind of picturing a small white dog. So I don't know if Pee Wee had a dog or the, 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 I know pets come to play later in the movie. Uh, but, you know, the Pee-wee, like, I, I don't know, was there, I don't think there was a basket on the car. Oh, there were, like, uh, I guess I'm getting mixed up with the later parts of the movie. Uh, but so Pee-wee has breakfast, Pee-wee gets out Pee-wee's bike, and then Pee-wee goes to leave Pee-wee's home, and he's greeted by his neighbor, and I'm not sure of the actor's name, but very recognizable 80s actor who a lot of times played a, like a bully-like character, sometimes a sidekick, a good sidekick, uh, with a, like a non, what is that called? Like a, when this actor played a, like a, a positive character, he was kind of more of the skeptical character. Uh, really good at making those skeptical uh, or like uh, harsher bully faces, and, and also very. And this character is very rich. Don't remember the character's name. Maybe they'll come to me. But he said, "Hey, Pee Wee, I still want to buy your bike or something." And Pee Wee said, "You know, my bike's not for sale." And I said, "No, no, no. You don't understand. Like, I'll pay anything, any price for this bike." And Pee-wee said, you know, what's money? Like, this bike's invaluable to me. And I said, no, no, more than that. And Pee-wee said, this bike's priceless. And I said, well, what's your price? Uh, and Pee-wee said, you know, what, 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 what's the monetary value to a boy who loves his bike? Uh, and the guy said, well, don't, I'm going to get that bike someday. So, so we have this antagonism right away. And also a contrast right away with, the, like, the world of Pee-wee. Like, Pee-wee's home is cloistered in his own, like, kingdom, like, much like a superhero. And then Pee-wee sets off. And this is where I lose, uh, like, a consciousness here. So let's see if we could figure out, like, brainstorm what happens. Uh, Pee-wee leaves on Pee-wee's bike. Uh, he has an interaction with his neighbor. And then I really have no idea where Pee-wee went next. Uh, like, uh, there's a pet store that plays a role later in the movie. So I don't know if Pee-wee works at a pet store at the beginning of the movie. It's so weird that uh, I can remember everything, like, leading up to the like this this part. I mean, I remember Pee-wee riding off, uh, laughing as Pee-wee does, and... Uh, and then it's a total blank. Uh, it was an, like a, a conviction of the end of the movie, too, or some parts of the end of the movie. 
and I, like but I, like I don't really remember uh I, 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 have, I have no recall of uh of uh like what 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 happens next like I wish I did I'm really trying to write like I, I can picture a diner but I don't know if that's real or just because Pee-wee's bike has like a chrome and red like a diner would and so so this is a pretty big gap because so at some point Pee-wee goes somewhere locks Pee-wee's bike up. We see that, like, in, like, one of the side cabinets, Pee-wee's got all these chains, and the bike's locked. It, it felt like a, like a back lot on a Hollywood studio or, like, a New York City brownstone street. I mean, there's a hint in my mind that maybe Pee-wee was going to see some sort of expert, uh, whether to get a bike part, like a new bell maybe, or uh, like a new kind of life for the bike, or something for Pee-wee's home. But uh, Pee-wee met with this expert and then went outside, and the bike was gone. And at first Pee-wee said, well, there's no way like the bike could be gone. Uh, because it was like, uh, you know, and then maybe started finding chain links. And then the re- like revelation let in that Pee Wee's uh, bike was really gone. It was stolen. Like maybe, I, I don't know if Pee Wee's running to like pedestrians saying, have you seen my bike? Have you seen my bike? Have you seen my bike? Uh, but then the, the gravity of everything hits Pee hits Wee. And if I, I mean, this again is just like a common Pee Wee thing. So I don't know if it's that. Uh, I guess I'll have to switch between Mr. Herman or PW. Uh, but, uh, like he screams to the heavens with like a, the Pee Wee level scream. And he's clearly like very devastated that his bike is gone. And then I don't know what happens next. I mean, this is what, like, uh, I don't know if, like, I, I don't think it's structurally, I'm not sure the, like, is this a call to adventure? I guess so, but it's not, like, it is a call to adventure. The journey begins. But I'm not exactly sure what would stir the journey. I would assume Pee-wee went to the authorities next, and uh i'm sure he was convinced that his neighbor stole the bike so i don't know what like it gave peewee the uh the gumption to hit the road after peewee's bike so uh, here's an idea for fun i'm gonna like pause it and uh, like i'm gonna check it the first like the i'm gonna try to only look at the first act of the movie on wikipedia or something and and uh i'll be back into you won't even know i was gone Okay, so I'm back because I'm really embarrassed now. The movie was directed by Tim Burton. Like, I don't know how I missed that. And it was written by uh, uh, Paul Rubens, uh, Phil Hartman, and Michael Varhol. Uh, so re- and then Danny Elfman did the music. And it came out in uh, 1985 in the summer. So I would like... Uh, and it grows to $40 million, developed into a cult film... And Pee-wee's neighbor was named Francis. Uh, oh, he works at a bike shop. Uh, Dottie has a crush on Pee-wee, but he does not reciprocate. So I don't really remember that. Uh, I'm trying to picture that in my head, but I cannot picture that. Uh, and then Pee-wee's bike goes while he's shopping at the mall, which makes sense. Because uh, I felt like he was shopping. I know it doesn't say on Wikipedia what he was shopping for. 
and the police can't help Pee-wee, and he tells them that Francis probably took it. And uh, then, uh, like, uh, Pee-wee goes uh, to confront Francis, and uh, this I read, but I didn't remember either. I guess I do remember Francis playing in the bathtub now that that reminds me. But so uh, Francis was playing in the bathtub ships, and Francis is also, I guess, a man-boy. And, he, like, because he still takes baths and plays with things. And I, I don't know Francis's age. And I don't remember, I really don't remember Pee-wee showing up at Francis's house and demanding the bike back. But apparently, according to Wikipedia, that's what happened. And then Francis's father, who I cannot remember either, says, you know, no, no, Francis didn't take your bike. He, like, uh... Or something, and then maybe it's Francis's father that puts up the reward for Pee Wee's bike. But then there's a ten thousand dollar reward for Pee Wee's bike, uh, but the bike is still missing. You can't believe I don't remember any of this stuff. Like, uh, which weird though, not to go on a tangent, was I could the other day I was trying to remember one of my own. I couldn't sleep. Uh, surprise, surprise, and I was trying to remember where I bought this one bike that I had that got stolen, oddly enough. Uh, it wasn't locked. It was in my, like, uh, my apartment building's driveway, like, where I mistakenly thought I could just leave it. But that was a mistake. And the nickname of that bike was Purple Rain, R-E-I-G-N, I think, because uh, it was purple and white. But I can barely picture it in my head. And I can't for the life of me figure out where I bought it. I, I think I talked about this in another intro, like if I got it on Craigslist or at a used bike store. So, like, I guess me and Pee Wee share some things. And actually, that was also like, like, a, like a, now this was back when I was out there. So it was kind of my own fault because I probably got home late at night and I was in the bag. And then uh, I got up the next day for work. I wasn't feeling good. And I guess I was, like, uh, feeling so ungood that I decided to take the bus instead of riding my bike. And I was halfway to my bus stop, and I saw a bike lock that looked exactly like mine, and I walked by it. Because uh, it was just hanging on my handlebars. It wasn't locked, unfortunately, obviously. And then I said, wait a second, that looked exactly like my bike lock. And I went back, and I tried the key in it, and it was my bike lock. And I said, I ran home. And I said, oh, my bike's gone. Which was a big bummer, and then uh, then I had to go to work. Uh, actually, lost count. I've had three bikes stolen. I thought I only had had two, but I've had three stolen. Uh, but it, like uh, most of them are my, you know, uh, whatever. Not important. This was uh, what happened to Pee. Let's talk about Pee Wee Scoots. But so at some point, um, like so, Pee Wee's bike's still missing. Just like my memories of uh, his bike. And then I did read, I had to read, I had to look up again. Because he said, how does this adventure even start? Like, why do, do, would Pee Wee go on the road when this, Francis is the main suspect? Uh, but the, the reason was that uh, Pee Wee went to meet with a psychic. Uh, and I don't remember this either. Like, uh, I mean, remember, like, so, like uh, the Pee Wee had a psychic on a TV show or something like that, uh, or someone mystical. Uh, but this was different, I guess. Uh, but within the crystal ball, and it, like there was also the, there's like this scene in the Pee Wee's Pee Wee movie 
a little bit about, uh, what is that called? Uh, gull, Pee-wee's gullibility. So I don't know if this psychic was taking advantage of Pee-wee or not, uh, or that they were just a bad psychic, but that they, uh, like, um, like they said that his bike was taken to the basement of the Alamo. And I think like everyone like knew that there is no basement at the Alamo or maybe, or why, why would it be at the basement of the Alamo? But so anyway, so it, um, Pee-wee sets out on Pee-wee's adventure, the big adventure to find Pee-wee's bike. And like, uh, I guess to go to, like to head towards that, to somehow get to the Alamo. I don't know why Pee-wee heads out without any help, uh, this, but, but Pee-wee does. And, and so, um, I'm trying to think of what else, like, uh, I can remember, like, uh, leading up to the, um, the trials and the tribulations or whatever you want to call the, the, this part of the movie. Yeah, uh, but Pee-wee hits the road and Pee-wee has like a few different run-ins, uh, and I don't know what order they take place in. And I also don't even remember all of the details of, but like one of the, like Pee-wee's hitchhiking. And first Pee-wee meets a uh, large Marge, uh, who's a truck driver and very friendly. And it's like a dark and rainy night and Pee-wee's all wet and a little bit down. And so Pee-wee uh, gets in the truck with Marge and they make some all talk. And then Marge tells some tall tales to Pee-wee about uh, her day's truck driving. And, you know, like things things she's seen. And, you know, there's like Pee-wee's kind of awkward, you know, so there's like a little bit of awkward nervousness and in that. And then... uh Marge says, well, like, I'm going to drop you off at this diner. And then Pee-wee goes into the diner, and they say, geez, how'd you get here? And Pee-wee says, large Marge. And everyone says, large Marge? Uh, she's just a legendary mythological character, uh, you know, that you could, you could like, a, like a, you know, an icon, iconic. Uh, and Pee-wee says, well, no, I got a ride from her. And they say, oh, no, that's impossible. That's like... Uh, that's mystical, man. And Pee-wee says, oh, dear. Uh, then at another point, Pee-wee meets a French woman, uh, which uh, all I can remember about that is, like, the jokes Pee-wee does with uh, French. Uh, and I don't know, like, her name was not Babette. Uh, it started with an M. But I'm assuming they had some sort of adventure together, but I really don't remember it. Like, I thought I remember this movie better than I did. Uh, so maybe I'll, like, I'll stop it, like, at 30 minutes, and then I'll do another 20 minutes after this of, uh, after I've watched a movie. Uh, but, you know, this is pretty lulling and soothing. A person that can't, but just for the hardcore Pee-wee fans, um... Then Pee-wee meets a man clad in denim, a denim-clad man uh, who wears bra- metal bracelets. And he's trying to, you know, he's, he's on the road trying to, to forget things uh, in his rearview mirror. So him and Pee-wee team up, and Pee-wee doesn't realize it at the time, but he says, well, this guy's just trying to get away, you know. Yeah, get away from it, you know, like, uh, sometimes you got to get away where everybody knows your name or whatever. And Pee-wee doesn't realize it. And then they run across, uh, 
like a roadblock, and then Pee Wee uh, has to dress like a woman uh, and pretend he's this man's wife, and he really like takes delight in that again. And you see things through Pee Wee's delightful eyes, and he's really hamming it up, and uh, it's titillating for everybody involved, I think. Uh, and so there's that enjoyment, like uh, like through everyone's titillation, like Pee Wee seems to really be enjoying it, and. Some of the other characters do, and I'll just be honest. Pee Wee looked pretty good, like like uh, like. Since I think some of the other characters agree, I think it's just like when someone's overflowing with delight, it's uh, intoxicating. And so uh, I don't know how that resolves. I think then they just go their separate ways. Uh, at some point, Pee Wee has a dream, and it's a layered dream about uh, clown friends and per- for performing with his bike. And then, like that, they 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 are repairing his bike, and that Pee Wee doesn't like that dream at all. And I think that underlies maybe that's towards the beginning his need to get to get to the adventure and find his bike. Yeah. Then at some point, Pee Wee goes to a roadhouse and meets with uh, like the bikers. Accidentally knocks their bikes over, yells at them. He's trying to use their phone. And then he has to dance off uh, to win their, uh, first he borrows shoes from somebody, and then he does tequila on the bar with this special peewee dance, and he wins their affection. And then they give uh, peewee a motorcycle, which peewee takes the motorcycle. That doesn't work out. Then somehow Pee-wee finally gets, I don't know if he ran across any other characters, but he finally gets to Alamo, finds out there's no basement in the Alamo, is devastated that his adventure all is lost. That's the part of the story where all is lost. And then Pee-wee saves a, um, like, what do you call it, pet store. Pee-wee saves a pet store, all the pets, and Pee-wee's a hero. And Pee-wee gets interviewed, and they say, "Geez, like, uh, how'd you do it, man? Like, well, like, and he he says, well, I was, uh, I just love pets. And then they say, well, what are you doing here? And he says, well, my bike got stolen. I'm missing it. Then they decide to make a movie about Pee-wee's adventure, his adventure to find his bike. I don't know if he finds his bike first or it's a counter, like a copy of his bike, uh, but it becomes a movie based on, like, a, a hyper version of his adventure, including him, I think, with, uh, I don't know if it's a French woman or someone else, like, uh, Pee-wee, like, uh, like, the bike has rockets, and Pee-wee's a spy, and Pee-wee's swinging on a vine on his bike, and very heroic. Uh, then there's a big movie premiere where all the characters from the movie uh, come to see the movie premiere. And then I think Pee-wee has the bike and returns home. I don't know. So let's, uh, this will be the two, t- t- two tales of the tape. Cause so I'll be back, uh, and record another half of this, uh, uh, probably tomorrow night after I'm going to watch Pee-wee's big adventure tonight. Hey, hey everybody. So it's Scoots here and, uh, like, uh, like, uh, so I'm coming in at like, uh, 24 hours later. I, I watched, uh, Pee-wee's big adventure. And, uh, like, uh, I really was surprised at, uh, how much I missed on my recap. So I was, re- and I was really glad to rewatch it. I watched it with my daughter. So we had a nice shared experience there watching, um, 
And just in case to set this up, just in case anybody's listening, I decided to put this at the top of the show. The like, because I don't know when I'm going to put this. I haven't decided. Uh, like, uh, I'll be talking about uh, later in the second half of the show when you're ideally if you're asleep. But if you're not asleep, I'll be here. You know, just like I always say, I'll be talking about what I could remember about Pee Wee's Big Adventure, a tale of the tape, and it was so poor. Like my memory. Like, there were so many gaps, and, and I just felt this craving to kind of fill in uh, and see what I, I couldn't remember because uh, I didn't feel like I was doing Pee Wee or Paul Rubens or Tim Burton or Danny Elfman or the listeners any justice. So I rewatched it last night. I didn't take notes, so this is still based on my impressions. So I think I'll talk about the movie for about 10, 15 minutes, and I'll talk about Pee Wee and, and Paul Rubin's portrayal, or, or uh, I guess well, maybe there'd be a third thing of like how similar is that to the podcast. Uh, uh, but so the movie, I, I, did, I did miss a lot from the beginning, and it, it like I, I guess I'm not surprised, uh, but but at the same time, it, it, like the movie is a wonderful. Uh, first act. I forgot all about Dottie, even though uh, Dottie was super, like, kind of Pee-wee's kind of love interest. Uh, she was definitely interested in Pee-wee. He was kind of like, 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 uh, like, kind of like, well, you're a little, like, uh, like over-aggressive or something. He he wasn't super, like, he wasn't available, I guess, uh, at least to Dottie. And uh, like, uh, she she was like, I forget the actress's name, but uh, like, uh, she was in a, like a couple of movies with uh, John Cusack, 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 or Cusack, right? Uh, but so like, uh, so Dottie, I forgot about, I forgot about, I, I remembered the bike shop, I forgot that Pee Wee visits a magic shop which has a lot of gags. And I also forgot about, like, there's, like, and we'll talk about this when we talk about Pee-wee, but, like, a lot of the physical comedy, uh, along with the personality-driven comedy, also, like, the the level of kind of, like, a near-clown mime-like, uh, like I talk about Mr. Bean. I, I never watched a ton of Mr. Bean. And, of course, Pee-wee has dialogue, but, but at the same time, I could see kind of these, uh, and I've never read any interviews with Paul Rubin, so it kind of about uh, either his training or his inspirations, which I guess is, leaves me sorely lacking. I do know this movie was also inspired by the movie The Bicycle Thief, which uh, I think I saw one time, but it was late at night after I drank a lot, so... I'll have to rewatch that movie with a clear head uh, to kind of see. And that was a thing I totally blanked on, and I really didn't even remember it when I was watching it. But, like, it opens with a dream sequence of Pee-wee in a bike race. And that reminded me a lot of Fletch. I love the dream sequences in the movie Fletch. Maybe that could be another movie I might remember more of. So that was fun. And then, again, I was right about Pee-wee's delight. And even in the dream, he's delightful. Then he wakes up, and he's kind of greeting the day with this joy and playfulness. And then we see him cooking. We meet his dog. Uh, it starts with an S. It's not like a, it's like a, I forgot his dog's name already. Let's just say it's Spike, even though it's in that. And... Uh, and then Pee-wee, like, sets out with his day. He has a great relationship with his next-door neighbor. 
waters his lawn. We see his home. Uh, then he has a run-in about the bike, which kind of is a foreshadowing, like we talked about. Then he goes biking, and there's some, some fun montages, and then the Pee-wee goes into town. And there's a lot of fun over-the-top moments. And then the Pee-wee's bike goes missing, and, like, his over kind of over-the-top reaction. And then there's this hilarious scene when Pee-wee's kind of trying to get everyone to help him. Really, really funny in, in the basement in front of a map of San Francisco. And I don't know where the movie's supposed to take place, if it's supposed to take place in San Francisco, but it does feel like a lot of the exterior, uh, like, natural shots, like the bike race and some other stuff, took place in the Northern California. It just uh, looked familiar. Like maybe Napa or Sonoma County or something. But so, uh, let's see. So th- that was a great scene. The basement scene with Pee-wee was really, really funny. And uh, how over the top. Just r- almost like a Simpsons-style humor. So maybe Pee-wee was like an archetype for that type of humor. I, I don't know. Uh, but really fun. And then, uh, like, there's the first, all like, his bike is lost, and then Pee-wee rejects all help, uh, like, first by being overly demanding, and then when Daddy directly wants to help him, he said, no, 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 I'm going to do this on my own, uh, you don't get it, and I think something else happens, uh, that I'm missing, and then Pee-wee, like, uh, talks to a psychic uh, who says it's in the basement of the Alamo. He's out in the rain. He's almost gone feral at that point. And then he get, hits the road. And I guess I don't want to spoil the movie for everybody by recapping it, but th- this was all stuff I didn't remember. Uh, then he hits the road, and there's some comedic stuff with him trying to get a ride. Then he has the run-in with the guy on the run, which is pleasant. And when he dresses up... Uh, uh, there's some, just, just a lot of funny scenes. Also, I said, Jesus is based in the real world. There were some bending in the real world rules. Uh, so a little bit of, uh, there is some cartoon help that Pee Wee gets every once in a while, but for the most part, it takes place in, in our world with our rules. Uh, then Pee Wee runs into Large Marge. Uh, then he, he, he didn't realize he had le- lost his wallet long before. I think the psychic still had his wallet. Then he meets Simone, who's American. I thought she was French, but she just loves French and her, her, her France, and her dream is to go to France. Uh, then we meet Andy, Simone's boyfriend, who's a jerk, and uh, that offers more physical comedy. Uh, then Pee-wee hops a train, and that was, like, a really f- a funny scene just because, like, Pee-wee can wear on people's nerves. So then to see, like, uh, uh, the, his buddy on the train, like a happy tramp-type character singing uh, to wear on Pee-wee's ner- nerves in just a way uh, they stretch the scene out. Uh, it's a really good good scene, and if you want to watch it with a kid, you guarantee they're going to crack up. You know, just make sure that they're laughing with the scene and not at it, uh, or they know why you're laughing so hilariously. Because you just, like so, P- and then Pee Wee ends up finds the Alamo. We get a he visits the Alamo. We see Jan Hooks uh, and Phil Hartman at different times. I think when do we see Phil Hartman, who wrote the movie, as they said or as I will say later. 
And it looks like it was written by Phil Hartman and then uh, Paul Rubens and then his maybe his writing partner for Pee Wee's Playhouse uh, and directed by Tim Burton, which makes a lot more sense seeing it. Uh, and I, like, I don't know how I forgot that. But then Pee Wee hits another low in San Antonio when he finds out there, like, uh, his, uh, but, but there is no basement in San Antonio, in the Alamo. There's a lot of Texas jokes, and there's even more physical humor, even after Pee Wee kind of hits, uh, uh, this, like, a low. And then he finds his bike on TV, like, uh, the kid, the older brother from Wonder Years, who was a kid actor. He's uh, receiving it, like, I don't know, some deal with some studio or something. So then Pee-wee knows, uh, oh, wait, oh, like, uh, okay, like, uh, like I could get to Hollywood. And he sneaks in the Warner Brothers a lot with Milton Berle. Uh, and again, the music, of course, is always good. His humor is good. Then we have a long montage of... Uh, Pee-wee finding the bike and then escaping with the bike uh, with tons of tons of fun humor in there. Really, really, uh, really fun. Uh, and uh, I'd driven by right on my way to go on uh, uh, Liz and Howard's show as, as staying positive. I, I took this, I took a side row. I, I drove by Warner Brothers studio and I was caught in traffic. So I was able to look down some of those. It was just a, like a, an interesting tie in. Also, my daughter calls it Warner Bros. Uh, and not Warner Brothers, even though like, if she insists that's a proper name, Warner Bros, which I love. I find that delightfully cute. Um, which, so, there's this great scene. I mean, like, a long, full of comedy and good for kids and parents. Uh, also, at some point, Pee-wee has a bad dream about clowns. He also has a bad dream about dinosaurs that really aren't that bad, but, like, for little kids, maybe. But I don't think so. I think the only thing we'd like to avoid is a large Marge scene. My daughter had to close her eyes, uh... So those like other than that, it's a very uh, totally family friendly fun movie. Just uh, you know, when your daughter looks at you with knowing eyes, when Pee Wee does stuff, that's the only thing that's awkward for me. It's like, jeez, uh, uh, but it, and just fun seeing it through kids' eyes, trying to figure out uh, what's the deal. Oh, also to jump back, I forgot like how fun the scenes were with Francis and Pee Wee when Pee Wee goes to Francis's house. Those were really fun and well done too. Like Pee Wee hops in the bathtub with Francis, and that was really funny. Um, but so back to so Pee Wee's at the Warner Brothers, Warner Bros, and security's trying to get him because he took the bike. Finally, he gets away. And then what happens? Uh, when does he become friends with the bikers, too? I guess I'm mixed. I'm missing a couple things. I guess, uh, huh, interesting question, Scoots. I think he runs into the bikers when he's trying. Oh, yeah, before, after the Alamo, he does bull riding, which I just skipped over because it wasn't super important. That was one of the fun physical comedy scenes. And then I think he's just randomly walking on the street and he goes into this bar. Oh, he, cause he was trying to get a bus ticket cause he doesn't have any money uh, to get back. He's given up and, uh, 
So he's calling Dottie. He had called Dottie once. Andy interrupted him. So he had to call Dottie. He was going to call Dottie again, I think. So he goes into this bar, and that's like one of the, the trailer scenes uh, when he's in this biker bar. And I just still don't quite understand the total mechanics of how he won them over with the tequila thing. But I will be studying my brother's wedding. I have a brother getting married in a couple of weeks. Uh, and I will be studying those dance moves, uh, some of which come naturally to me. Maybe by the time this episode comes out, the wedding will have already gone off. But uh, I plan on doing uh, dancing to the tequila. Maybe every dance I'll be doing peewee level dancing. So uh, so he dances, and the bikers fall in love with him. And that's how he finds his bike on TV, because he's resting after being with the bikers. So then then there's a the Hollywood See, even with it, this is still like tell the tape, even though I had to kind of uh, research it. So then even then, uh, he uh, so he's, he, what happened? Where was I? Oh, he, he gets away from security. And then that's when he saves all the pets that we will talk about or we already talked about. That's when he has this heroic moment. Uh, but he also gets caught. And then the, but the director of the movie studio is like, uh, hey, Pee Wee, like, uh, like, we're going to make a movie about your story instead of like busting you for stealing the bike and trashing the studio. And then Pee-wee says, great. And then that, then there's the movie premiere scene. So I got a lot of this ending mixed up that uh, the, this montage at the studio is separate from the movie. So it's like a back lot tour with Pee-wee running around. Then there's the movie premiere at the drive-in that Dottie had wanted to go to a date to. And Pee-wee revisits all the characters he met on his journey, giving them stuff from the concession stand. And cracking jokes. And meanwhile, like, the movie's going on, and it's like a hyper-realized, like, a James Bond version of Pee-wee with uh, some, like, heartthrob-type actor. I don't know who it was, because I'm not good with those names. And, uh, like, a like a, like a heartbreaking love interest. And it's kind of a James Bond Cold War thing with the Pee-wee Spike getting stolen by ninjas, I think, and Russians. But Pee-wee gives out all the candy, and then finally he gets to Dottie, and he gives her some candy. And then he, she says, he says, let's get out of here. She says, you don't want to see the movie? He says, I, I lived it, Dottie. Let's, let's hit the road. And then they ride across the front of the screen to the movie. And that's it. So it was like a... Interesting, and I guess, like, uh, maybe they struggled with when were they going to roll the credits, uh, just because that ending seemed a t- tiny bit abrupt, uh, but uh, made sense at the same time, and it was satisfying. It was it was a satisfying ending, even though it seemed abrupt, uh, and it made sense. Pee-wee returned to Pee-wee's world, and so then I just want to briefly talk about Paul. Like, I didn't, I did forget... Uh, the intensity and the nuanced intensity of Pee-wee and how he's a little bit, like, unhinged in a good way. And that was, like, something that really works about it. And I think something that uh, was a reason he became, like, a, like such a pop cultural sensation. And kind of the difference that I talk about, like, there's a lot of this, uh, I mean, there always will be, I think, this... Uh, man-child or man-boy 
or adults that can't grow up. Uh, hopefully it's becoming, you know, multi-gendered, like uh, people being stuck in, in infancy. But maybe it is just like, uh, like privileged dudes. But, uh, like, this is a little bit different because most of that is like, uh, is like this entitlement to like, uh, oh, well, I'm never going to grow up because I'm immature. And, like, the humor's kind of based on that. This one is, like, Pee-wee actually is, like, more subversive and has a lot more edge. And I think it fits right in that punk rock era. Like, to, like Pee-wee is way more punk rock than, uh, like, almost any other man. He's the most punk rock man-child, I think, like, in my opinion. Because just he, he does have this serious, like, it's, like, a cloaked in sweetness and humor and you know the way he looks like mime like and and unassuming and also like uh like uh in not just in a, a subversive way in a way where he has to learn he, i mean it was amazing that he says uh the lesson he learned through his journey was humility and it's a word that gets thrown around a lot in different circles and stuff but like to, for a character to say Geez, that's what I learned was humility, and, and that's what the, what I needed this journey for. I don't know. That was also impressive. But just how much humor turns on in, in Paul Rubin's face. Uh, I mean, how much of it relies on his ability to show that conflicted edge within Pee Wee. Uh, uh, I don't know. Really, like a br- brilliant, brilliant stuff. Uh, and uh, really enjoyable to just watch and and I guess I guess the last question would be uh, since I do know so little like I mean I, I don't I know a lot about Pee-wee and even my daughter was asking because it says you know Pee-wee played starring Pee-wee Herman or playing Pee-wee Herman as himself or something and as someone that like like has this uh, like with the podcast it's not a I'm not acting when I record the podcast, uh, but it, like it's this hyper realized version of myself. Uh, but it's more like a method becoming thing. Like it's not method acting. It's like I, I always say this is like a like a zone. I'm getting into the zone, but it's more like I'm becoming Scooter. I'm here with you to keep you company in the deep dark night. And in the moment I'm recording this, like I, my hands are held together right now because it's the truth. Like uh, this is what I am here. Your your presence to 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 to, to take your mind off of stuff, like I say on the show. So I just wonder if Paul Rubens and it can relate to that of like, uh, and maybe he can like this confusing because it can, can be a little bit confusing, and it can be confusing for people in your life or people that meet you. I mean, I think the podcast is a little extra because it's a audio thing. So I don't have like a whole, like a, like a, like Pee-wee's a, like a whole visual. I, I don't know. I think there's a probably vocabulary word for it, but, uh, but man, like what a gem. And I, ha- I haven't seen in the new movie there. So there was a Netflix movie last year. And I did watch the trailer, and I don't—I didn't look to see if it's a movie that I know Paul Rust was writing like five or six years ago. I heard him on uh, Pilar's show that had uh, Matt Belknap from Never Not Funny used to produce uh, on the page. I'm pretty sure that's where I heard Paul Rust get interviewed, and this was maybe this was even like six or seven years ago, but. Uh, 
uh, talking about working on a Pee Wee movie, but uh, I don't know. So I'll have to look into that. And I guess I'll have to look into this, like, uh, or maybe we could open it up if you're, if you're listening and you're a big uh, Paul Rubens Pee Wee fan. You know, point me towards uh, Pee Wee, or is there any uh, DVD extras uh, where he's talking about it? Or was he ever, did he ever talk about the tension of that, of like, well, I don't want to go into, like, a, like I have to keep things separate. I mean, and, and, you know, and there was, like, a, it was clear that that wasn't always easy uh, for him. And But I'm not really interested in that part. I'm more interested in, like, uh I don't know, it's just such a special and unique, but but influenced by all these, like uh, like I said, the mimes and clowns and the great, uh, like, you know, things I'm a fan of, like Laurel and Hardy. Like, uh, I don't know, I, it was just the right time for me to see uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And I'm grateful, I'm grateful to these artists like Paul Rubens and, and Tim Burton and frickin' Phil Hartman, another genius, uh, so, like, uh, really lucky to have a podcast where I can take a journey down that road and revisit it uh, and keep you company or put you to sleep, uh, you know, while I do. So I'm glad you're here. And, uh, you know, just picture Pee-wee's bike riding down the road. He, he had a little tiger, uh, like a communicator or whatever, like not a CB, but like a thing where he could talk, uh, a megaphone type thing. And Pee Wee's just riding down the road. And this may lead into the first half of the show I recorded. This may lead off into the thank yous and the good nights. But, uh, you know, we all ride with Pee Wee. Uh, and it is a big adventure. And, and humility is a powerful lesson to learn. Uh, good night. <laughs>